It is the Bones Brothers DK Podcast. Get ready for the 2021 Honda Classic this week, but uh, we had two straight weeks. Westy and DeChambeau in the final group. Two straight weeks, Westy fails to improve his position. Two straight weeks, you've had major winners. Really hot golfers taking home the trophy, too. We'll see if that trend continues amongst a weaker-than-normal field at this week's 2021 Honda Classic. Second week in a row, also, I should mention that we had a big winner from the Bones DK Golf family as Bishop Law was a winner to the tune of 2300 bucks this weekend. Want to join Wildman? You're good buddies with Bishop. How's he feeling? Riding high right now off a couple Bones DK wins. Hey, he's feeling great. You know, house money onto this weekend. Doesn't really get much better than that. And Bones DK, how are you doing out in the western part of America? Uh, you know, we're doing good here. It's a little cold. Got a lot of snow, about two to three feet yesterday in Denver, so... Uh, you know, enjoying enjoying the snow, but I definitely wish I was playing golf in, in Florida instead. And you just talked a little bit about the big weekend you have coming up. Of course, it's March Madness. we got the Honda Classic to look forward to. You're actually taking a flight to Pittsburgh, jumping in an RV, and heading to Tennessee for a bachelor party. Is this correct? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's going to be an exciting weekend. March Madness. we got the Honda Classic. We'll be in an RV drinking, watching golf. Uh, really excited about the weekend. And, uh, you know, honestly, I tend to do well on, uh, I tend to do well on bachelor party weekends. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully we're partying on Sunday, uh, watching, watching us win some money instead of lose some money like I did last week. I know the bachelor, good friend of ours from Wheeling. Um, how tall is he, by the way? Victor, I think he's about my height, 5'10, 5'11. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, just wanted to be sure which size coffin I, sh- I should get him for his uh, wedding present. <laughs> Speaking of coffins, yeah, I'm sure he's listening. So, <laughs> speaking of coffins, uh, Lee Westwood found himself in one for the second straight week. Runners up at the TPC last week, and the WGC event is coming up next week. So, this kind of makes for a natural spot for a rest among the um, world's greatest, if you will, on the PGA Tour. This week's field going to be headlined by Neiman. Berger is up there. Uh, the defending champion is Sunjay Um, or Sunjay M, excuse me. So, despite the weaker than usual field, this is a tough golf course. PGA National, in fact, it played the third most difficult course on PGA Tour last season, and it's famous for the bear trap, the three-hole stretch from 15 to 17 that plays as one of the most difficult three-hole st- uh, stretches on the entire schedule. So, Wildman, let's start with you. The PGA National, what's the course like, and what is important to the players trying to succeed here this weekend? Yeah, a lot of golf pundits hate this course because it's so difficult uh, for the amateur. You know, it's like a miserable course to play unless you can really shape shots. It's a Nicholas design, and uh, it's going to play a lot like last week at Sawgrass. And other Nicholas designs like uh, the RBC Canadian at Glen Abbey, Valhalla, Mirfield Village, uh, where you really have to control your ball off the tee, but more importantly, hit really calculated shots off the tee and into the green. Uh, there's water at literally everywhere. Every single player is going to put balls in the water this week. Um, and it favors a cut shot for a righty, so uh, left to right ball flight. That's what Nicholas was famous for in his playing days. Now he designs a lot of courses. You talk about the bear trap, uh, which is 15, 16, 17, and really 18, which all require an approach shot uh, with left to right ball flight. 
So something to think about there for sure. And so, uh, we targeted uh, draw players last week. Justin Thomas was hitting those draws all the way down the stretch, if you notice that. So um, opposite this week. Something, again, uh, you mentioned there, 215, 16, 17, and 18 considered the bear trap. You know, those are going to be the finishing holes on Saturday and Sunday. You're going to want to have a grinder, probably a proven competitor in a weaker-than-normal field. Rob, anything to add to what these players need to do to succeed at the PGA National? We'll get to stats in a second, but as far as the course goes, um, anything in particular sticking out to you? Uh, I just know it's going to be windy this week. You know, they're calling for heavy winds, and it usually is windy at this course. So you're definitely going to want to look at somebody that can play in the wind. I also know the rough is going to be a little long this week. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm going to look into, the, you know, scrambling around the green. I know we're going to get the stats in a little bit, but uh, you got to look out for wind. And I'm going to look at scrambling around the green. Also, you know, we talk about bombers uh, tending to do well at this course, and we're not really sure why. My theory is, you know, you just gain more distance. When you have longer rough and you have more distance on everybody, you just have an advantage of the field. So I'm going to be looking at guys that can really poke the ball out there and get a little advantage on the field. If they do miss the fairway and get into that long rough, uh, you want a shorter shot. So scrambling uh, around the green, tee to green is, is, is things I'm looking at. Yeah, let's jump into some of those statistics. It is a par 70 course. It's the final swing in the uh, PGA Florida uh, or the final stop, I should say, in the PGA Florida swing. We just said it was a par 70. Second shots are going to be important at this course. What are some of the key stats you're going to be building your lineup on this week, Rob? And by the way, I read something crazy that like t- or, uh, strokes gained to the green. Lee w- Westwood picked up like 20 in the last two tournaments as well. So that guy is red hot. What are some of the stats you're looking for, Bones DK? Yeah. I kind of just said it, but, you know, tee to green and scrambling are actually the ones I'm looking at. And also, I'm going to look, you know, if I'm, I'm torn between a few players, I'm going to look at driving distance, actually. You might not even use the driver uh, as much on, on all these holes, but you still want guys who can get the ball out there, long iron, long hitters. Uh, you know, so that's the guys I'm looking at uh, this week. Wild man, any key stats to add to what Bones DK just suggested? Yeah, the only thing I'll add, I guess, is that you want to be in the fairway here. Like Rob said, it, uh, they, they take pride in long, grainy rough here. So if you're missing fairways, you're going to be in, in really layup position, even on par fours, um, which could bring scrambling into play. But I'm, I'm really zeroing in on strokes gained approach, uh, which is sort of a subset of stroke gained tee to green. But um, that was really the outlier last year based on uh, – the winner versus the PGA Tour average. That was really the mark that was different. Uh, strokes gained approach seemed to be where you can pick up the shots here. Especially because, you know, if you look at the last 10, 12 years, you've only had maybe two or maybe three winners better than like eight or nine under par. So, obviously, it's a grinder course. Um, and one other thing I'll mention real quick. Par 70, which brings in the sub-70 bonus here. Uh, much, much more than a part 72 where you're shooting three scores of 69 or better. Very unlikely. 69 or better, one under or better here. Uh, you're going to look for guys that are grinders, man, that can make pars and shoot 69 or better, one under, to uh, pick up those bonus points. This is a really crazy field because there are not many recognizable names. Once you get past Berger, Westwood, M, Neiman, Scott, Lowry, you start to get into some of these guys that you may not 
know uh, or, or may not be as familiar, we didn't talk much about Taylor Gooch on last week's podcast. I wish we had because he was a guy that was on my radar. He's up near the top echelon this week. Um, Doug Gim was another guy who wasn't on a lot of people's radar at all last week at the TPC, but he's coming back. Maybe a rebound week for him as we get into the draft Kings pricing here, Bones DK. It looks like a nightmare, man. Some of these 10,000-plus guys, you'd never, ever consider being 10,000-plus guys. So where do you stand right now on some of these top guys like Berger, like M, like Westwood, Neiman, Scott? Gooch is even up there at 9,300, the guy I just mentioned. Where do you stand on these top guys, these top-tier guys? Yeah, I looked at them uh, pretty strongly. These prices are wild. When I opened it up and saw Lee Westwood at 10-6, I was shocked and devastated, you know, because I – I was like, I'm going to play Lee Westwood no matter what next week, no matter the price. Now he's sitting there at 10 6. That is a lot of money for that guy. Uh, he is rating out really well. In fact, he is probably my top play out of the top range there, surprisingly enough. I don't know if it's surprising or not. He's rating out really well. Coming off back to back seconds, the guy has to win or wants it so bad. Uh, he actually came in fourth here last year as well. So that's good history. Coming off a fourth last year, second last week, plays tough course as well. I actually love him at 10-6. I'm hoping that um, he's not owned as much as uh, he's, uh, I'm hoping, you know, so. And then the other guys, you know, I'm not really looking at anybody else. I know people are looking at Joaquin Neiman a little bit, but to me, he's not really playing the Florida swing too well. He doesn't have good history here with a miscut and a 59th, and the guy just isn't there. I'm, I'm pretty surprised to hear he's probably going to be the chalkiest play. So, to be honest with you, I love Joaquin Neiman as a, almost like a stock. You know, I like him all year. I think he's going to win a lot of tournaments this year, hold on to him, but not this tournament. So I'm going to fade Neiman this week and probably look at Westwood if I even get there. To be honest with you, I think I'm going to start my build like I did last week in the $9,000 range, which we'll get into later. But I'm, I'm, no one really sticks out to me too much except Lee Westwood. Obviously, Sung J.M. is the returning champion. Uh, he's in great form. That's someone you can look at, but there's a lot of value, which I'll get down, uh, get into a little bit later in the eight uh, and nine thousand dollar range. Burger eleven to one, M twelve to one, Westwood and Neiman both twenty to one, based on Vegas odds. How difficult does it have to be for Lee Westwood, Wild Man, to continue to put on that like, uh, you know, jovial display? in a runner-up interview after a huge event. I mean, did you it, 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 it was so gentlemanly. It made me it just ripped my heart out for the guy to watch that post-game interview after he had lost for the second consecutive week. Did you see that yesterday? You know, you guys know me very well. You know how much of a Westie supporter I've been throughout the years. As a matter of fact, I followed him on the weekend at the US Open in Oakmont in 2016 when I appeared on national television, if you guys recall. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love the guy. And, and, I mean, I'll tell you this. He's got his, his woman on the bag the last two weeks. And it looks like, you know, at 47, he's, he's starting to embrace, you know, the fact that, hey, he's a multimillionaire. He's going to be a World Golf Hall of Famer. Um, and, actually, I just read that uh, he's going to have his young son on the bag with him at Augusta in April. Uh, it sounds to me like he's in a good place mentally. It looks like he's in a good place mentally, and obviously the results are there. So, I mean, he's coming off a T4 here last year at this course. Uh, 
and off these back-to-back runner-ups, man, it it feels like maybe he he'll never have enough to get it done when it matters. He's only got two PGA Tour wins, by the way. Um, but you know, almost I think he's third or fourth all time in European Tour event wins. So he can win worldwide, but um, you know, maybe it just feels like seconds are good enough for Lee Westwood. I, I like him this week. I mean, just burn the edge on 17 at the players, and then birdies 18. Thomas somehow drives his ball that should have really gone in the water, guys. He got so lucky on that 18th tee shot uh, for it to bounce straight an additional 62 yards. Uh, Westwood just burned the edge on 17, or else he could have been in that winner circle, or at least for, forced a playoff against Thomas. Anybody you know, else? I, go, go ahead, Wildman. I just want to add one more thing about Westwood. Again, you know I love him. <laughs> he ends up in the in the divot on 18 last week against the Shambow. You know, Thomas burns the edge. If you recall, when he contended at Augusta um, a year or two ago, he, he wound up in a tree, like inside a tree. The ball never came down. <laughs> I mean, the guy's just makes it. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And he keeps that smile on his face, and he answers every question with a smile post, post round, that's for sure. Anybody else, wild man, impressing you besides Westwood in that 10,000-plus range? Uh, no, but I'll drop down one range uh, around Taylor Gooch to Shane Lowry, uh, who's a guy I love at difficult courses, um, and I love in the wind. And like Rob said, you know, we're looking at, you know, some wins in the in the 12 to 15 miles per hour range on Thursday, and then some are, are suspecting gusts of 30 plus miles an hour on Sunday. Uh, he's a guy I love with the low ball flight, iron off the tee. Uh, in a grinder, and he's coming off eight last week at the players. Um, so I'd say, you know, in that 9K-plus range, um, Lowry's a guy I've got circled. Not a whole lot of guys in that 9K-plus range, uh, Bones DK. When you consider, we've already talked about the 10,000-plus guys. You got Henley, you got Woodland, you got, well, Go- Woodland's not even playing. You got Gooch, you got Lowry, you got Kirk, and that's it. Anybody impressing you? Yeah, this is an interesting week. Not many guys in the $9,000 range. And when you have a week like this, when you get a lot of guys that are typically low priced, like a Doug game was 6200 last week, Cooch is only 7700 now all the way up to 8893 I just try to find the value here. Of, do I think Doug Gim beat Taylor Gooch this week in a tournament? And I think he can. So I'm, I, I like Gooch, but I hate his price this week at 9300 I think there's more value in Doug Gim. Or you just go right above Doug Gibbons and you see Ricky Fowler. I mean, Ricky Fowler, 8,900 in the small field. He's rating how pretty well. And you look around, you have Doug Gim, Brandon Steele, Chris Kirk, Tringali, twice above him. I mean, it's Ricky Fowler. He, the guy's won many tournaments in the PGA Tour. So I look at that, he kind of sticks out to me around everybody else. I'm not saying I'm going to play him this week. I'm going to dig in a little deeper, you know, looking for my top plays. I'll post on my Twitter tomorrow. But. You know, I just look at guys that I think stick out in their pricing and why are they priced this way. However, I do like Chris Kirk at $9,000 who had a terrible Sunday. He shot a 79, but the guy's been playing uh, great. And I think he, he had a couple wins on tour. So I do like Chris Kirk. Taylor Gooch is another guy I said I was going to play no matter what his price. However, looking at him at $9,300, that is expensive for Taylor Gooch. I see more value down there with you know, a Chris Kirk and Doug Gim. 
and then Brandon Steele and Cameron Davis. I mean, I, I really like this this range a lot. So, again, go to my top picks to, to see who I finally choose. But I'm looking at those guys strongly: uh, Kirk, Fowler, Gim, and Steele. And then, of course, you got my boy Cameron Davis just sitting there, 8600. Had a T8 here last year. Not in great form. Will be low owned. That's someone to look at on a bomber's course. I like that. Strong analysis. Can you add anything, Wildman, to that $8,000 range? Uh, Fowler, I will be passing on. Uh, his last five here, believe it or not, six, cut, win, cut, second. Oh my in gosh. some order or the other. <laughs> so either he misses a cut or he stops sticking it. Uh, but, man, he's, you know, you, you think about guys like in today's game that have so much money at such a young age, and, and maybe they just kind of stop having that killer instinct and really caring. And Fowler's a guy that I think about like that. You know, does he really care anymore? Because um, his results certainly aren't there. Uh, but I'm looking at Steel in this range. Uh, since the turn of the new year, 7 for 7, no finish outside the top 43, uh, and good course history here. So much like Lowry, a guy I'm circling, to me, is the clear favorite in that range uh, for sure. Did he possibly win at Puerto Rico earlier this year, too? Or was that Brandon Grace? I can't remember. Steele or Grace? That was Grace, but, but Steele's been in contention at, at Sony, I think. Uh, he hasn't won in a while, but he's got a couple of wins on tour. Guy at that 8400 price range seems outrageously overpriced to me, but he's helped guys win on this podcast. Keegan Bradley, where are you at on him, Bones, DK? Is he a guy that, that scratches your lineup this week? It's a tough course, like you said. I don't know if he's a if he's a grinder, necessarily. I love Keegan Bradley, actually, here. Uh, he has good horse history here. Uh, the corollary course, which Wildman brought up, uh, the Canadian Open. He has a fourth place at the Canadian Open. This dude just seems to be rounding into form. I actually kind of like his price. Again, Keegan Bradley was, what, 7000 last week, and Gim was 6200 And you have Gim at 8800 now, and Keegan Bradley 8400 uh, You know, I think Keegan Bradley is probably the better player overall. Uh, he's, he's definitely won some tournaments in the past, and he's in great form. So uh, don't overlook Keegan Bradley. I think a lot of people are. And he was only 5% owned after coming off a top 10 into a course that he played great at. So I don't see why you would want to fade this guy. I'm looking at him strongly here. Uh, definitely Keegan Bradley. The Jackson Hole. His dad is a Jackson Hole pro, too. I mentioned that before, and I love that. So I'm, I'm a fan of Keegan Bradley. So it's probably going to be a hot shot, you would think, that wins this golf tournament this week. Somebody that's pricing maybe in that 9000 and above. But your lineup's really going to be one with this $7,000 range, really. It, really between 6000 and 8000 we'll say. There are a tremendous amount of the field that which falls right into this price range right here. So I can't really read off every name because there's probably 20 or 30 of them. But in this price range, Wildman, who is going to be the guy that puts your lineup over the edge and gets you into that cash on a DK contest this weekend? Yeah, I agree with you totally. There's, there's a lot of guys like 6,900 through like 7,700. A um, couple of guys that I'm going to be on are K.H. Lee at 7,500. Um, he's been playing really well. He's made two consecutive cuts at this particular course for the top 10 amongst those two. Made the cut last week at the Players. Um, and a guy that can pile up birdies. So K.H. Lee, I think you'll find being overlooked uh, in some of the larger tournaments just because guys don't know who he is. 
I think he'll play well and make the cut. Um, and then I'm going to bypass last week's flyer of the week, Ryan Moore, even though I like him, especially at uh, Marksman courses. But I'll go down a little bit to uh, Lucas Glover, who I'm looking at, who is one of the best iron players in the world when he's hitting his irons well. Uh, for those who don't know him, he won the U.S. Open uh, several years ago. Got another win on tour. Um, and a couple of made cuts here, including a top five in the last five years. So Glover's a guy I'm looking at at 7K. Is, um, that, is that your flyer long, of the week right there, Glover? No, no, I think i got to go below 7K for, for a flyer. Okay, okay. I thought that you would, were suggesting that that may have been your flyer of the week and we're dropping that on the listening audience a little prematurely. But you do like Glover at 7,000. Were you going to add something to that, uh, somebody below uh, 7,000? No, the guy I was going to say to uh, to fade would be Harold Varner, who's another former Flyer of the Week. Um, he's made four cuts here consecutively, actually, but he's losing strokes gained in all four of those events. So, um, you know, when the wind picks up, I really, really don't like Varner. You've seen him implode on Sundays, and no- normally it's due to the uh, uh, playing conditions. But he's a guy I'm... I'm uh, one of the more recognizable guys in that range that I'm going to be off of. And Bones DK, same thing I would say to you. You know, who do you got? There's a lot of guys between 6,000 and 8,000. I know you like to dig the bottom of the barrel sometimes here also to try to get the value you've been talking about so much in the pod. Who do you like in this range? Who's going to put you over the top this weekend uh, in the Honda Classic? Yeah, uh... Man, this is a tough range. I don't have too many takes, to be honest with you. So there are only a few guys that like, again, I want to dig maybe a little deeper later in the week. Uh, you know, Wednesday night, I might post a few things. But uh, I should have said this earlier, Dylan Fratelli at 8,200. The guy's uh, pretty good, in great form right now. He's rating out really well in my model on fantasynational.com. Uh, the guy had a fifth place in the Masters as well. So obviously he can play tough course as well, $8,200. Uh, the other guy I was looking at is Pat Gazire. I just think uh, $7,500, I've seen him priced at this price at tougher courses with tougher fields. Excuse me, not tougher courses, but tougher fields. So uh, that's just somebody I was looking at. He had a great uh, tournament last week. He was only priced around 64 6500 last week, and I was looking at him strong. I didn't have the courage to play him, but he came through. He played pretty good, made the cut. So that's the one I'm looking at, 7500 wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in the top 10 by the end of the tournament. And the other guy, last guy I'm looking at, low 7,000s is Adam Long, 7,100. Exactly what I was saying earlier. This guy's priced at $7,100 in bigger fields. He has a top 20 in the U.S. Open this year. This guy is just a better golfer than the people surrounding him, like Harry Higgs and Nick Taylor and Tom Lewis. I, you know, Adam Long is a good golfer and he's finally showed some form last week so i'll back that guy 7100 all week wild man we got about a minute for your flyer of the week hit it with us hit us with it yeah we're normally horns down guys this week we're going horns up flyer of the week 6400 bucks kramer hickok he's the uh college roommate of jordan speed at the university of texas two consecutive uh cuts here with a top 20 um and he's coming in in pretty bad form, but he made the cut at the players. And to me, that matters a lot. Saw a lot of big names miss the cut. Uh, he's got a bunch of top 20s, bunch of top 10s. 
if you go back about six months, um, a guy that can stroke it, a guy that can obviously make cuts in big events, just has to get the putter going, and uh, I think he can make the cut. The flyer of the week is Kramer Hickok. All right, that is strong analysis right there. And, of course, Bones DK Golf will post his top plays at some point tomorrow before he gets on the RV and heads to uh, Nashville. But any final thoughts, Bones DK, you'd like to impress upon our audience before we sign off about the 2021 Honda Classic? Not much about the Honda Classic. I'm just trying to dig deep and find deep guys for everybody down here because there's a lot of guys that probably most people never even heard of. But uh, a guy that I've been playing uh, in previous lineups has great around-the-green uh, history is Rob Oppenheim. He's coming off back-to-back uh, tournaments with 18 birdies, only six bogeys last week in a seventh place the Puerto Rico Open. So that's a guy, again, that I always see priced low that I think can really string up some birdies and eagles for you. Has a great around the green so he can save himself, avoid bogeys. Uh, all you really need is to make the cut at 6,600 and make some birdies. So Rob Oppenheim is the guy I'm looking at down there at 66. Wild man, anything you want to add to the 2021 Honda Classic analysis? Yeah, the importance of going six for six, making the cut. You know, Thursday is going to be windy, so don't save the the windy players. Uh, you know, for the weekend, you got to get these guys through the cut. I would be focusing big time on guys that can play well in the wind. If you're looking for corollary courses, anything over in Europe, British Open style, uh, West Coast stuff like like. Pebble Beach, um, the farmers often get windy. You might find a name in there where you're like, yeah, okay, this guy's right now well for me, and slam. Uh, but looks to be significant wind on Thursday on Windfinder right now. So um, scores might be might be pretty high. My, lo- in there. my local club is having the greens plugged tomorrow. It's going to be 68 and sunny, but the course is going to be closed through the weekend, so I won't be able to play any outdoor golf. But I do have one and a half rounds in on, on my way to 100. Are you concerned in any way, shape, or form, Wildman? No. I mean, it's been, it's been one and a half rounds since, you know, what, February. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Rob, are you uh, concerned at all about me getting to 100, or do you think I have any chance to get to 100? If you could put it, you, I mean, Wildman is under. I, I believe you're under also. It, what is the number you think I'm going to get to? I can play all the way into October, uh, you, don't forget. I'm actually on the opposite side, Edge. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm on the over. I thought you would easily do it. You're always playing golf. Um, I thought it was an easy bet, but no, only here in 1.5 rounds. It's hard. Uh, you know, you need to get a move on there. Hey, we weren't going to get started, guys, until April 1st. So these are actually bonus rounds right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> one and a half. Wild man, what number do you think I will get to? Have you, like, crunched the numbers in your head at all? Yeah, I think originally I had, like, 94. But, oh, but again, I don't buy the, the sandbagging excuse here in March. I think you're behind like three rounds right now. So I'm, I'm thinking like 91 rounds. The reason I'm behind a few rounds right now is because I got to waste days like this too, recording podcasts with you guys at four o'clock. So you guys are like kind of also like, uh, you know, dictating how this bet plays out. We're going to have to look into that a little further. I want to say I appreciate you guys so much for being here with me on a Tuesday afternoon. We're going to get this posted up there. Keep an eye out for Bones DK Golf's Top picks coming uh, later on this evening or tomorrow. Like he said, he's got to dig down into this uh, field, which is a lot weaker than normal. 
TW Man 66 also. Sorry, I forgot what your Twitter handle was there, Wild Man. <laughs> it happens. You know what? You've got like you're one of those guys that has like a uh like an underscore in your name, don't you? Yeah, thanks for noticing after the hundred <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, well that's the thing. The underscore. Uh I, I don't I don't appreciate the underscore very much. I like it all together, like Bones DK Golf, Golf Guy W V. T underscore W underscore man 66 is, I think, how it looks on Twitter, right? That's also incorrect. <laughs> also incorrect. Uh, oh, boy. Let's, let's hope I'm T-W not as bad. W underscore man. You're underscore picks. a jackass. <laughs> TW man 66, Bones DK Golf. I'm Golf Guy WV. Thanks so much for listening, and good luck this weekend at the Honda Classic 2021.